But let's go ahead and jump into the science lab with our guy, the scientific method. We do jump into the lab with our guy, Patrick No C. Walker. What's good, good brother? Oh, my friend. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, I just wanted to say this real quick uh, before we get into the football stuff. I know you're a big Braves fan, but I know you got to be excited about the Rangers hitting the World Series. I know you do. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm, as everybody knows, I'm diehard. Like, I believe Braves. Um, but living out here in Dallas, I'm also I'm a, I'm a baseball head. So, I love live baseball. And I don't get my live baseball fix uh, from the Braves much because, I mean, they're out there. I'm out here. So I go to uh, Rangers games frequently and have for the past three or four years. So I definitely have watched this team, you know, in its darkest days. I've watched them, you know, clean house this offseason. I've watched them make moves to put themselves in position to contend. I watched them go up and down and up and down this season. And, you know, hell of a roller coaster ride for Rangers fans, man. But when I tell you, uh, it's just all more fun in the town when the Rangers are winning. So, uh, I pre- yeah, I predicted that they'd hit the World Series, and I was my prediction was that they get a rematch with us in the World Series. But we didn't get our job done. So respect to the Rangers for getting their job done. Respect to the Diamondbacks for knocking the Phillies out of the way. That's always a beautiful thing. And and now it's Diamondbacks versus Rangers. And uh, give me Rangers in six. Ooh, let's go. That'd be great. And and, and what that would do, I hope, would put a little bit of pressure on Jerry. Because you said something in that uh, opening statement there where, you know, they made the moves, right? They, they got aggressive. They did the things that they needed to do to get into this position. And you were on the show. I just showed the clip of Brian Broaddus that's going viral now in Cowboys Nation of him talking about, you know, hey, I don't care about your damn cap. You know, other teams are, are doing what they got to do to make these necessary moves to put them in position to succeed. And that got me to thinking, because you were on the show, I, and, and I wanted you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. But also, if you to if you were to pick up the phone, Pat, what position would you, Patrick Nosey Walker, DallasCowboys.com, what position would you look into for this team? If it were me, I'd, I'd go at cornerbacks. And the reason I go at cornerback is because as much as I, I love what De'Ron Bland is doing and Jordan Lewis is back and Stephon Gilmore is there, you just can't uh, overstate the, the loss of Trayvon Diggs, particularly when it comes to depth at, at the position. Now, you and I have talked quite a bit, particularly in training camp, and I'm still on record as believing that Eric Scott will ultimately be a steal of this particular draft. But as the season goes along and Eric Scott, remains on the inactives as he's kind of still ramped up by Dan Quinn and now Harrison, those guys. The worry in my head is that, knock on wood, if there were another injury at the cornerback position, other than Eric Scott and you have Nashawn Wright, but Nashawn Wright was on IR until here recently. Uh, and could you upgrade over Nashawn Wright on the free market, on the trade market? Absolutely you could. Israel McQuamu, obviously he's a solid cornerback. He could, you know, start in spurts, but could you upgrade over that? via free market or via trade, likely so. So behind those top three corners, uh, there's a lot of potential and a lot of young talent there, but if you got into a playoff situation or in December and you suffered an injury at that spot, you're now thrusting in some young guys who, as far as this season is concerned, don't have that, that ton of experience. So I love what Izzy did and not having that experience when he was dropped into the playoff fire against Tom Brady, the wild card last year. He played well, um, but – 
if you're talking levels of comfort, I just feel like you could upgrade at that position behind those top three guys to kind of make the loss of Trevon Diggs uh, a little less um, of a of a gaping wound as far as the depth is concerned. I actually like that one because we were, the Cowboys were here at this position where they lost two cornerbacks last year, and they had to deal and with that, exactly and it didn't what, go well. Yeah. Yeah. PTSD from last year. I mean, you lose Anthony Brown and you lose Jordan Lewis, and then you you go to Green Bay, you got that game well in hand, but it was your cornerback positional lack of depth that cost you that game and allowed Christian Watson to turn into Randy Moss. So you don't want that type of situation to occur, you know, in week 17 with seeding on the line or, or you know, the wild card or the divisional round with all the marbles on the line. So, I mean, again, love the young guys. But at the same time, you could stand to upgrade there as far as depth is concerned. Uh, Mike McCarthy spoke with you guys yesterday, and he talked about the importance of R&R, rest and recovery, during this bye week. He's, he's pretty big on it. Um, Mike, Mike could talk about how he appreciates how he, he allows the players to you know, get away a little bit, reset, and come back at full strength. And you know, we talked about the injury report at the top of this thing. This is the cleanest. I, I've seen it, Pat. I mean, is there anything else that we should know aside from – uh, Y.A. Thomas, you know, coming back from that hamstring injury? No. <laughs> that feels great yeah. to say. Let me let me, let me me tell you this, Steele. Yesterday, um, you know, McCarthy said rest of recovery, and then the, the intimation was that the Cowboys, as far as active roster goes, was completely healthy. But until you see the injury report, you know, you're, you're kind of keeping an eye out. So when the injury report landed, I literally sat back in my chair and I started wondering – when have I, and I, when I say I, I don't, I don't only mean me as an analyst of the NFL and me as an analyst of the Cowboys, the Cowboys insider. I'm, I'm talking about going back. Let's, let's go back to, like, early 2000s and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out when have I ever seen an injury report this clean, particularly at the midseason point. So I couldn't really register that in my head as far as, the you know, how long it's been since that's happened. So I went to PR, and, of course, those injury reports are constructed by PR, one guy in particular, uh, Scott Goldnick, a great guy, and I'm like, Scott, when have you? When was the last time you've seen an injury report this clean? And he said, not in his tenure. That's over 20 years. Jeez. That's over 20 years. And then on top of that, he, he threw out the added uh, tidbit that technically, even Juan Gay would not have been on the report. So technically, it was almost completely clear. But the league protocol requires that a player who just missed the game has to show up on the next injury report, even if he's a full participant. So that was kind of a technicality for Wanye. So as it stands, of course, we're going into Thursday. So fingers crossed, toes crossed, eyes crossed, because this is this is the dark day for the Cowboys for whatever reason. Um, but as it stands, the Cowboys active roster, yeah, they got LVE on IR, CJ Goodwin on IR, but 90%, 96% of the active 53-man roster that they came into this league with uh, this season with, I'm sorry, is fully healthy. Mm. And that's, I, can't un, I can't overstate how that matters, particularly on offensive line where three of your offensive starters were still nursing injuries. Everybody's good to go. So hopefully that continues today, tomorrow, and through the walkthrough on Saturday. And to boot, right, to add a little sugar on top of this thing, the Cowboys coaching staff is, is now back at full strength with the running backs coach, Jeff Blasco, and not just running backs coach, but run game coordinator, Jeff Blasco returning, and we know, Pat, how iffy this run game has been over the last few weeks. How important uh, is it to get Jeff back here? Man, everybody's healthy, man. Players are healthy. <laughs> Coaches are healthy. 
you know, janitorial staffs healthy. Uh, everybody's healthy, um, and you got to love it. So, you have Jeff Blasco, he was on personal leave of absence due to a health issue. He's missed several of the first six games of, of the season. He's back after this bye week. He was back in practice yesterday. But, uh, and I mentioned it on yesterday's uh, episode of Cowboys Break. Um, the question was posed, what parts of the Cowboys operation on the field would you like to see improve greatly? And Broaddus had a great answer. He said the running game, and he was kind of breaking down why that was. And, and as he's speaking on it, it struck me in that exact moment that, hey, the run game coordinator is back. Mm-hmm. So I think that that could pay dividends for in a situation where with Blasco out, those duties, that run game uh, coordinator duty and those running backs coach duties had to, be, had to be relegated to others and split amongst the offensive assistants. But now Blasco's back. It's one guy, it's one mind, it's one vision, and it just makes things that much more concise, that much more clear for guys like Tony Pollard and guys like Deuce Vaughn and Rico Dowdle, who's looked, you know, fantastic, uh, and then getting Hunter Lipke involved. And if you notice, the absence of Blasco kind of coincided with the Cowboys not really knowing how to utilize Deuce Vaughn and, and Hunter Lipke. So maybe Blasco coming back reinserts what his vision of this run game should be uh, and it also should help as well with the as the continuity of the offensive line starts to gel with this being their third game together and now everybody healthy. So, I mean, the pieces are coming back for the Cowboys. So I think Blasco returning is going to be good stuff. Yeah, you mentioned Pollard. Pollard was vocal about that, uh, about his return. He said, quote, it's good having him back in the room, especially his expertise in the run game or the blocking game and the run game, the way that he coaches up everything in the game, in the run game, just glad to have him back. So, you know, and that was from uh, Jess over at uh, Pro Football Network. Just just having him back seems to light a little bit of fire under those guys. And, and you you said it best, man. It coincides with seeing them not utilize these guys correctly and how it is faded out, really, because the beginning of the year, maybe all these things were installed and ready to go. And you saw this run game kind of just clicking. And then the longer he stayed away, the, long, the more it kind of faded on what they wanted to do. So I'm actually excited to see him return. One hundred percent, because when you think about it, when you come into the season, like you said, you have the installs in their set, and then you have Blasco running his install, and you have the passing game coordinator running his install, and so forth and so on. But then when Blasco or any assistant coach is forced out because of a health issue or personal matter, whatever the case may be, uh, then though that vision kind of gets diluted because it gets handed off to one or two other individuals who are doing their best to run the vision as well as the initial coach would have but as good as they are at what they're doing, you're asking them to do their job and, you know, Others. take on additional duties, right? So there's the dilution in, in what may have happened with the run game. That's why you saw, you know, hey, Deuce Vaughn went from, you know, getting some touches to being inactive, right? That's a perfect example of, of what happened in the absence of Jeff Blasco. So with Blasco returning, maybe we start to see more of an – uh, integration of Deuce Vaughn or reintegration of Deuce Vaughn. Maybe we see a ramp up of Hunter Lipke. Uh, and again, Blasco working with the offensive line coach and uh, making sure that that thing is running like a well-oiled machine. I mean, that you can't you can't say you can't understate or say overstate how important that is. I mean, you got the guy back. It's one man. It's one message. It's concise, and it's just more easily digestible if you're players. So one sound, one band. What they say. Uh, we got Patrick Nosey yeah. Walker, DallasCowboys.com, joining us. One more thing before you get out of here, Pat. Uh, we're now hitting the bye week or coming out of the bye week, and there's been a handful of players that haven't quite 
made enough noise. We had this thing during the during training camp where everybody says, oh, he's having a quiet training camp. Well, I like people that are having loud training camps. Who needs to get loud? Who needs to make more noise on each side of the ball? One on offense, one on defense, on defense for you. Go. I'll, I'll leave with defense because my offensive one is, is a whale. Defense, I'd like to see more from Chauncey Ghostin. Um, I think Ghostin okay. had a very solid camp, and he kind of got off to the races against the Giants. You talk about the sack and the quarterback hit and, you know, some pressures he had. But as the, as the six weeks, as the six games rolled along, not that he's not being productive because his pressure rate is, not, is there, but then you have to look at the totality of his impact or lack thereof when compared to guys like uh, Osa, when compared to guys like Jonathan Hankins on that, as far as the interior is concerned. So Ghostin has been kind of quiet these past few games. I would like to see him eat as much as you're starting to see Osa eat, as much as you're seeing Jonathan Hankins eat, because the more pressure the Cowboys can get on that interior defensive line, obviously the more the defensive ends can eat as well when you talk about Tank and Michael Parsons and, um, and Dorrance Armstrong, which is you know, one of the best run stoppers or stuffers in the league in DA. Um, now, offensively, it's got to be Michael Gallup for me. It's got to be Michael Gallup. Mm. When you look at uh, him having a slow start first couple of weeks of the season, uh, and then he had a much better game, even though they lost in Arizona, he was one of the few bright spots in that game in the desert. He was uh, another bright spot uh, in the blowout win over the New England Patriots. I mean, he had one of the best separation rates. He had 44 yards after the catch, I mean, we started seeing, we are like, okay, Michael Gallup is back, and then he's going quiet, and then you see a situation where the Cowboys, uh, which I would really not like them to do ever again, not just for Gallup, but for anyone, if a guy is not having a great day, don't force that to him, no matter who that person is, unless that person is CeeDee Lamb, force him, because he'll figure that out, but for Gallup to, to have that down, up, down that he's had over the first six games, I think he needs to come out of this bye week uh, explosive, and that doesn't necessarily mean he needs to have, you know, 150 yards and three touchdowns against the Rams. That would be nice, obviously, but if he can come out and, and you know, contribute 75 yards and a tutty, I'm with that. But Michael Gallup, I think, is on offensively. I would like to see more from him. And Chauncey Golston, I would like to see more from him on the defensive side. Those are two really good ones, and we're going to pick up this conversation uh, after this call here. Hey, Pat, appreciate you joining us each and every week like you do. Uh, I believe your science lab uh, article will be dropping today, correct? Yes, sir. It drops in a couple hours on DallasCowboys.com. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go check that out. Make sure y'all check that out. Appreciate you, Pat. Talk to you later, man. Yes, sir, brother. Talk to you soon. It's Patrick Nosey Walker. DallasCowboys.com joining us each and every week as he usually does. Dropping that science. And we got some. Thanks for watching and make sure to follow and subscribe to A to Z Dallas so you don't miss an episode of The Scientific Method. Every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube with every episode available on A to Z Sports.com.